A quick warning before we begin, our episodes are made for adult ears, so do expect to hear some swear words and occasionally some adult themes. Oh, one more thing while we're at the warnings, a note on sound quality. These episodes have been produced by us in isolation. They're not made in our usual studio, so they don't sound as slick. But bear with us. I promise you the content is worth waiting around for. Hey, Daisy, can we make some podcasts? Yeah, we've got so much time on our hands. Sounds good to me. Every day we could bring a good and a bad news item, what's keeping us going, what's making us blue, and then we'll try and get as many guests as we can. Stunning. Let's do it. (laughs) This is Roisin Bevan and you're listening to Harness, Isolation Diaries. Hey, Daze, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you today, Roisin Bevan? Good. You're killing it on Instagram, babe. Am I? You're churning out the content. I'm churning out the Instagram stories. Uh, Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Uh, you're bringing a news item to the table today. Is it good or bad? Give me this. It's, it's bad. What did you oh. say? Riddle me this. No, give me this. Oh, give me this. Uh, yeah, it's bad. Sophie Wilkinson, who is a sick journalist, freelance journalist, who I follow on Instagram. A uh, little side note, her, her girlfriend runs uh, Dyke Blanchett, which is my favourite Instagram page. So Sophie Wilkinson, freelance journalist, she's great. She has written an article for Refinery29. She wrote it on the 28th of April, which is yesterday to us. And it's basically talking about how PPE, personal protective equipment, doesn't fit women properly. And I just thought it was fascinating. Obviously, the main problem that we've been hearing is that there's a massive lack of PPE in general in hospitals across the UK. Now, with the push to kind of bring in as much PPE as possible, they're not being as picky. And she points out that 77% of the NHS workforce is made up of women and they aren't getting the correct PPE that fits them. And it's not the case everywhere, granted. But like I've said, in the rush to get any sort of PPE in, they're not taking into consideration the fact that the majority of PPE is designed to fit the standard European male, um, which is such a fascinating piece of information. I just couldn't quite believe it because it hinders women's ability to do their job properly. Imagine being so uncomfortable for a like, 12 hour shift you've got like a mask chafing on your nose chafing on your mouth you it's squishing your eyes so you can't see properly you're stressed because you don't want to transmit or get COVID-19 um she speaks to one nurse in particular who handles premature babies she was like saying they're like 500 grams they weigh nothing and she's got giant gloves on how is she meant to handle that child with care which is already a delicate procedure but trying to do that with fucking massive gloves like i can't even imagine the stress i just found that really fascinating that sure ppae is supposed to be unisex it doesn't help the majority of the nhs workforce that is interesting and something you'd probably never even think about but it's an an accumulation of many little things I imagine which are challenging and make their jobs harder than it needs to be. So in terms of good news I was just reflecting on the amount of community spirit which has been around since 
the lockdowns, um, people really going out of their way to help other people and help vulnerable or elderly in their community. And I found this one article, which is a Guardian article, which I'll link in the show notes, which was about a young man called Ajmal Azam, who in his local community has supported about 300 people by organizing a network of food parcels, shopping and hot meals for those most in need. And normally this guy is a full-time barrister and he practices in family law, but now he spends six hours a day packing and delivering boxes of tinned goods, pulses, bread, fruit and veg. Um, And he said, it's humbling, he admits, but crucial work. And it's just really, really sweet to see people going out there and just doing their bit. And there's a gorgeous photo of him delivering this parcel of food to a very elderly, frail woman. And I just see countless stories like this popping up in these times where people are actually banding together and supporting each other. And it's, yeah, lovely. Days, should we hear from our friends and followers of the podcast now? Yeah, let's do it. Hello. My name is Grace and I'm an artist and I live in Aberdeen, which is in the very, very north of Scotland. And I'm isolating with my husband. I am feeling very peaceful. We are super lucky because we live next to a big river and forests and lots and lots of dogs. We've actually altered the route of our daily walk to pass by as many dogs as possible. And I am entertaining myself with so many hobbies. I honestly don't know how I will ever find the time to work again. (laughs) I've been knitting, baking. I've started taking online language classes and a painting course. I discovered YouTube kickboxing, which I'm sure is giving my neighbours a good laugh whilst I thrash around in my living room. And I've also had lots of time to invest in my own business, which is creating and selling portraits. And this month, for the first time since I launched the business over a year ago, I've been able to pay myself a full-time monthly wage, which just makes me feel really hopeful and really proud of myself. Uh, I have got infinite days left before I crack. I'm really enjoying this peaceful slow way of life very very much um however the worst part is that we lost my great auntie to the virus last week which now feels especially sad because my cousins and my immediate family were not able to gather together we're not able to celebrate her life or or even give each other a hug um we organized a giant zoom call to tell our stories of her but um of course that's not enough Hello there, I'm Connor. I'm a restaurant manager from Melbourne, Australia, residing in a two-bedroom apartment with my best mate. I'm feeling great for an anxious extrovert. My anxiety only seems to peak watching Sherlock before bed, but other than that, mentally going really well. I'm entertaining myself with dancing to boiler room DJ sets in my lounge room, talking to my plants, all of which I've named, which is, I tell myself, healthy. Um, at this time and catching up on queer media I'll have to revoke my gay card if I uh, don't watch Priscilla Queen of the Desert by next week I've got unlimited days before I crack Um, and I'm enjoying the invention on online trivia what a game changer that is the uh, creativity of my friends online 
growing my very, very average mullet and online sex, which is as good and as bad as it sounds. Um, the worst part is the cancel trip I had to London in May um, to see all the people I love and not being able to give the people that I do love around me now a hug, which I know that when I will be able to will be tighter than I've ever hugged before. Um, but I'd love to thank Rishin and Daisy, both of you, for keeping me well entertained with the podcast over this time. And um, it definitely brings a smile to my walks, um, my legal, legal uh, exercise every time I go out for one. Um, thanks, guys. Hello, I'm Sophie Robertson. I'm an actress. Um, I'm isolating in Northern Ireland on a farm in the middle of buttfuck nowhere with my mother, my father, my brother and my boyfriend. Um, three dogs, a bunch of sheep, plenty of lambs and a cat. Um, I'm feeling humbled. I'm entertaining myself with a bunch of yoga videos um, for my friends, which I am sure they're all getting sick of. Um, badminton, which Jordan has actually made himself, a really cool badminton net. So that's really cool, keeping us fit and healthy and uh, lots of reading. I've got about a month left me in me before I crack. You know, I'm um, actually quite enjoying this period of me time, um, family time. Um, but that's definitely gonna, uh, come to a halt pretty soon. I'm enjoying Alma shouting at the dog. <laughs> no, um, I'm enjoying uh, the countryside. And the worst part for me is mm, the unknown, not knowing when I can uh, work again. Today on the podcast, we are very delighted to have Wendy, otherwise known as the Completion Coach. Apart from being a very successful life coach, Wendy is also a speaker. She's the founder of both She Grows Events and The Four Retreats, which she started with her pal, Megan Rose Lane. Those events, workshops, retreats, they're all about empowering women to smash through limiting beliefs. And Wendy's life coaching manifesto, I suppose, is all about challenging your mindset and manifesting change. So it was really interesting to chat to her, particularly given this context, this lockdown that we're in at the moment. Wendy shared some really lovely insights with us about what's actually going on for people right now and how we can all probably afford to be a little bit kinder to ourselves in a time of anxiety and uncertainty. Here she is. Enjoy. What led you to become a life coach? Oh, um, big question to start. A big question, yeah. Um, a life breakdown, maybe. Um, an awakening, yeah. a moment of that 32, I realised that I didn't know who I was or what I liked or what I was doing. Um, and I just moved into a house with my then long-term partner. And as we walked through the door, I decided I didn't want any of it, which led to an interesting couple of years, which led to me getting a coach, having my own transformation, which then led me to getting qualified and wanting to get into that myself. That's amazing. How did you hear about your coach that you first had? Instagram. Is there like a big community of you guys? Yes. Yes, definitely. There's a, there's a host of people now that are really good friends of mine. 
And what is the difference between a life coach versus a therapist? How do you define it? Therapists deal with the past. So they're very much about going back into something and staying there. Coaches are, we'll recognize your past, but we want you in the present. So whatever happened isn't here today. What can we do to move forward? What is it that you want? So we're very, very much in the present. Therapy is very much in the past. Have you had a lot of clients coming to you particularly at this time? Are there any common trends that you're seeing in people, in your, in your clients at the moment? If I'm honest, it's no different from normal. It's just enhanced. Okay. It's the same fear. It's the same feeling of in some way I'm not enough, in some way I can't. Uh, and that's just you know, enlarged by the current situation because people are more contained in their heads than they normally are. Uh, with less distraction than they'd normally have. But on the whole, the underlying issues are exactly the same. The majority of any coaching that I do comes back to that that thread, that core belief that in some way, whatever it is I want to do, I'm just not quite enough. Mm. And I know that you speak at events, you run your own events, workshops, retreats, and I imagine lots of one-to-one with clients. So how has your business had to adapt and How are you feeling about it? Not massively, because I've always worked on Zoom. So having to travel to see somebody one-on-one, to warm them up, to work with them, to then see them out, would be a lot for the client. Whereas on Zoom, you can be anywhere in the world and I'll work with you. So it's very rare that my clients are local. Um, So I deal mainly on Zoom. With the events, we flipped them online. So an event that we wanted to do face-to-face, we did on Zoom. Mm. Um, and actually it allowed people again all over the world to attend at a much cheaper price level because we didn't have to hire a room Um, and it meant that people were able to access something that perhaps they don't always get to access and the same for my corporate work Um, a lot of my work there where I'd have gone into companies to talk have flipped to zoom Mm. uh, and I've been doing them that way so that they can still help their staff while they're at home so For me, not enormously. I'm missing and have itchy feet to be out there and meeting people face to face the way I do at events. But my actual day to day work, I've been working from home for six, seven years. And your uh, event company, She Grows Events, can you tell us a little bit about how that was born? And and I know you're transitioning, you're doing things online, but when we, we come out of this bubble, what's sort of the life for She Grows? Yeah, She Grows came about when I started coaching Megan Lane um, and we were talking about events at that point generally and then we decided to put one on and it was entirely about empowering women to realise that they are not completely the stories that we've been sold uh, through media for so many years Uh, and to break through limiting beliefs to realize that it can happen at any age from any background you don't have to have had a complete wipeout in life to realize that you're uncomfortable you know some people think that within their privilege they've got no right to be uncomfortable or unhappy with themselves and actually that's not true your personal reality of your thoughts is personal uh, and so there's no comparison uh, and there's no way to define who's who's got it worse so a lot of people feel that they can't or they shouldn't be in a position to need personal development or spiritual growth or whatever you'd like to call it but so many people that come recognize in the room ah I see me and you and whether that lady's 50 18 black white disabled able-bodied they see a part of each other within each other because the thoughts are very very similar 
uh, and that defines a lot of their beliefs about what they can and cannot do. So through the work that we do in She Groves, it's about creating community, creating uh, accountability and support, but recognizing that your thoughts can be disrupted. And once you do that, you can really change your world. That's really interesting. And I think something that's pushed on social media a lot is that if you are in a privileged position, you are unable to ask for help. You're unable to have any problems at all because you're privileged, right? That's really interesting that you guys are tackling that. And also on your social media, you push a lot of positive affirmations. Is there anything that's been helping you personally right now to get through these times? I know not that much has changed in your day-to-day -day life, but obviously the anxiety of everything else that's going outside is un I was about to say unprecedented, which is what every single person has said throughout this whole thing. So I'm not saying unprecedented, but I'm going to say it's pretty unknown. Unknown. An unknown creates Thank uncertainty you. and uncertainty creates fear. And when we don't know the outcome as humans, we get really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not so much the issue at hand that people are struggling with. It's uncertainty that people can't cope with. Uh, and it causes our minds to freefall. Um, but I consider myself very lucky that I've been doing this work for over 10 years from my own mindset. So for me, troubled waters don't have big waves anymore. Um, I will see them and I will calm them down and have a chat with them <laughs> as they come. So positive affirmations disrupt our thoughts. And that is why they're so important. It's not because they're positive and we can skip away with a unicorn. It's because they disrupt our thoughts. So if you're in a, a creation of fear or doubt or spiraling in overthinking, then positive affirmations just cut through the thoughts. And once you disrupt them, then you can argue with them uh, and then you can find your proof and then you can move forward. Um, so the reason why they're so important is because they disrupt and they give you an opportunity to think about what you do want or what you don't want. So in theory, they could be anything that resonates with you, but it's just something that cuts you out of that spiral of, of negativity. Yeah, and it's to start small. Some people try to flip say people spiral with money and I'm useless with money I could use a lot of spare words in this because most people do but I'm this Fair away. we're all for that yeah. <laughs> yeah. the people that are like I'm shit with money uh, I'm absolutely useless with money you know I'm just shit at it if you want to disrupt this pattern and disrupt your thoughts then it's I'm getting a handle on my money yeah because at the moment you you're not abundant so there's no point trying to flip it to I'm, a, I'm abundant money flows freely to me because you're just thinking fuck it doesn't so you've got to go like, I'm taking control of my money. I'm becoming aware. I'm educating myself on what I need to learn. And as you work through that, then you can be, I'm capable with money. And then you up it and up it until you get to abundant. But you don't just get from I'm shit to I'm abundant because it's so disconnected that you don't have any faith in it anyway. But actually, I'm learning to handle my money. Makes you think, shit, I best do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's about yeah. making kind of reasonable, reasonable deals with yourself almost. Yeah. And it's in unknown situations. It's like, I'm capable of change. I'm capable of moving with matters that matter. Uh, but I'm capable of change is a big one because it just means that, or oh, I can cope with uncertainty because we can. It's only fear and thoughts that make us think that we can't, but we can. Can you tell us about the notes to self journal? Because I think now is an ideal time for people to be getting their hands on that and utilizing it so well, i wish they could that. i wish they could <laughs> the notes to self journal sold out last year and it's not in reprint there is a new she grows journal on the way so that one will be um about your inner queen so that's gonna it's been designed specifically to 
to challenge the critic first thing and to change your framework of who you want to be rather than what you've got to do. That should be out in the next couple of weeks. We're just getting a reprint done at the moment with some adjustments and then it should be available in the next couple of weeks. So it will be a good one, a great tool for people to reframe the critic to the queen. Uh, and the queen is your intuition, your highest self, your, you know, your cheerleader. So it's like a, a regular journal you can fill in, but within it there's also some coaching and advice and 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 personalized things is that right yeah it's the biggest coaching journal i think will be there for my research on the market so at the back there's a whole wobble section and the wobbles go through regular things that come up how to handle it affirmations and actions you can actually take uh, in order to handle that and to raise back to your queen Oh, brilliant. Well, we can't wait to get our hands on it. Um, and it's been really, really lovely to meet you. And uh, we wish you absolutely well in this time. And thank you for your wonderful words and advice. Thank yeah. you. It was lovely to meet you both. And I appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Harness Isolation Diaries. We are proud friends of Rafiki Moema and the Carly Ryan Foundation. Both of these charities work tirelessly to protect young people from harm. Information about both charities will be in the show notes. If you would like to share your story of isolation, we would love to hear from you. On our Instagram page, you'll see a little proforma for some prompts about how you can structure your voice note, though feel free to get creative. Whatever you come up with, please email it to projectharness at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. You're really, really important to us. Please continue to share, like, subscribe, all that wonderful, wonderful stuff. Bye.